Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and see live streaming of many of my performances on Periscope. My new album, White Knuckle Life, as well as my other original recordings are available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, etc. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. Also, consider helping get the word out in the street via social media, five-star rating and review on iTunes, word of mouth, etc. Happy Thought of the Day is by David Bowie. I don't know where I'm going from here. But I promise it won't be boring. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 14. Greetings and gracias to all the new listeners and subscribers. Talk around town this week. Sad to hear about the passing of musical legend David Bowie. He was very influential on many of my musical friends. I'm still getting familiar with his catalog of music, but I have the utmost respect for his impact on modern music history. Also, sad to hear about the passing of everyone's favorite TV character, Grizzly Adams. Tom Pace's intro song, Maybe is one of my favorite TV theme songs ever, and I'll be learning it to play at shows very soon. Condolences to all my Minnesota Viking fan friends. Heartbreaking way to end a season, but you all are going to look good for years to come. I didn't get around to buying a ticket for the billion-dollar lottery last week, so in turn, I didn't win. Netflix's Making a Murderer has got me discombobulated as well as everyone else on planet Earth. One day I think he's guilty, the next I think he's innocent, but after the breaking news I just read, I'm positive that it's cold outside. Frigid temperatures are still keeping me from my daily gossip at the dog park, but overall it's been a pretty easy winner. Last week's gigs wrap-up. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Great to see my friends Tammy and Clyde back from their adventures in Key West. Thursday, I played a solo show at Heartbreakers in Chaska, Minnesota. The place looks incredible after the recent remodel. Friday, I played a solo show at Nova in Hudson, Wisconsin. Really enjoyed my break conversation with Nova regulars Jeff and Sheila about my favorite wrestler Mike Hegstrand, the Jay Giles Band harmonica player, and Sean Phillips. Also, as always, great to have my good buddy Don there, making sure I don't take myself too seriously behind that microphone. Saturday, Brian Johnson and myself played a private show at Pub 112 in Stillwater, Minnesota. Great to see our friend Mallory. Sure missed the sing-along Pink Lady days back when the Whiskey Roses were still rocking. Upcoming shows. 
Wednesday, January 20th, 2016. I'm playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 8 to 10 p.m. Thursday, January 21st, 2016, I'll be performing a solo show at Barnboard Grill in Roberts, Wisconsin from 5 to 8 p.m. Friday, January 22nd, 2016, Brian Johnson and I are back at our old stomping grounds, jamming at Lucky's 13 in Plymouth, Minnesota from 7 to 10 p.m. Saturday, January 23rd, 2016, Brian Johnson and myself are rocking out at Vanelli's in Forest Lake, Minnesota from approximately 5 to 8 p.m. Guest this week is a true renaissance man of the Minnesota music scene. Here is part one with my interview with Patrick Tanner. He's currently the guitar player and musical director for G.B. Layton. He's also worked with popular acts such as Teen and the B-Sides, Allie Gray, and Martin Zeller. He's owner-operator of his own studio, Briad Studios, and also a huge fan of the band Sweet. Enjoy the conversation! Mr. Patrick Tanner, welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Great to see you, my friend. How have you been? I have been great. Thanks for um, letting me on the show. We're recording this podcast down at Patrick's studio. I haven't been down here in a number of years, and it's just as uh, as cool as I remember it being way back in a in the day with the great the collection of sweet records on the wall and zillions of guitars. It's it's an awesome place, man. It is an awesome place, and uh, you know I'm I got a very understanding wife. <laughs> I suppose that helps. That really, that's a must, you know. And but she's the kind of she's the kind of girl that that says, Patrick, you should really buy that guitar. And it's like, really? Yeah, you should. It's like, okay, I think I will. Nice. Um, I was I'm going to ask you about some guitars in a little bit. But uh, look, I've always liked this collection of sweet records, and I saw the picture over there of you with the lead singer. Um, how did you get into this band, Sweet? Um, they were huge in Sweden, really, and. Um, you know, as big as any band was in America in the 70s. And they may not have been the best band, but they were my favorite band. And so I was loyal to them for many years. Okay. Yeah. You're originally from Sweden, right? You want to talk a little bit about yourself, kind of how you ended up here in the United States and in, in, in the Minnesota music scene? Yeah, I was born and raised in, in Sweden. And, um, you know, my mom thought it was a good idea for me to come over here and be a, an exchange student. Uh, back in 83, 84, and uh, I was not really excited about it. You know, I had my own band in Sweden and all that stuff, and I was like, what, what's this all about? But um, I happened just by pure chance to end up here in, in Minneapolis, and, you know, 83 in Minneapolis was a pretty special place. You had Prince and The Replacements and Husker Du and all these other bands. And I thought, this is a really cool place. I... I would like to be here. Thank you very much. So um, I went back to Sweden for a year, finished up high school, and um, then I just came over here. And, you know, I didn't think, I didn't overthink it. It's the <laughs> kind of thing, that if you overthink it, it sounds like a terrifically bad idea. Um, but I didn't think about it much because I was young. Did you spend some time in California as well? Yeah, I moved out there in 89. And... Um, you know, like everybody else, I wanted to get a record deal and a publishing deal, and uh, and um, 
that didn't quite work out. I don't regret it at all. I certainly got my share of free dinners and free lunches and and uh, and all that stuff. But I think I was just a little bit too idealistic and and maybe just bullheaded for for that whole thing. The, I never really wanted to be famous as much as I wanted to just get my music out there. And uh, and when somebody says we really like you, but can you please change this? And you say, you're wrong. I'm not going to do that. Then, you know, that's the wrong town. You know, I mean, you need to be able to, to play ball. Yeah. And I just was not really super good at that. I'm guessing a lot of young musicians have trouble with that kind of stuff. Yeah, you can't tell me nothing, you know. <laughs> so I was going through patricktanner.com, your website, right? Yep. And I was reading your blog. So 2015 has been a huge year for you. Um, between you joined the band GB Layton. Yes. You uh, put out a Swedish-speaking record. Mm-hmm. You have some a variety of endorsements. And you did a Christmas record with Allie. Is this one of the best years you've had in the Twin Cities music scene, or just one of a memorable year, would you say? I think it's been a, a really, really great year, and I didn't see it coming, really, because we were, uh, me and my family, we were actually planning on moving to Austin, Texas. And, what? Uh, yeah, we were uh, very much in, in the planning stages of getting rid of our house and um, and moving down there and with our extended family and kind of starting over, we got the welcome to Austin package in the mail and and that and um, you know it was more, not so much of a career thing as it was a uh, a weather thing. I just wanted to get out of the weather and uh, my wife too. But uh, then Brian Layton called me up and asked me to uh, to join his band and. Know, play lead, lead guitar and and be the the musical director there and I couldn't pass that up. I'd known Brian since before. He's like one of the good guys and absolutely and also ha- he has a, a super deep catalog of really really good songs and I just wanted to play him, you know. And that kind of changed everything. That's what kind of got 2015 rolling there. That's great. Yeah. Uh, was it an easy transition going to his band? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, it, they had a bit of a shakeup um, in 2014, and they lost a couple of members. Mm-hmm. So, you know, part of what we had to do was just basically rebuild. And, uh, you know, as we rebuilt it, it, you know, it turned out to be a little bit of a different beast than what it was before, but it still sounds very much like G.B. Layton and, and Brian Layton, you know, he's got a signature voice. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I mean, like, you know it's him, and it's going to sound like Brian. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any big, uh, just you personally, or the, some of your projects, do you guys, what's, what's big coming up in 2016 here? Either in the recording studio or performances? Uh, well, let's see. We have, we're actually, G.B. Layton is going to Mexico. Mazatlan. Yeah. And um, so it's, uh, you can come party with the band in Mexico. <laughs> so we have like uh, some 80 people uh, that have signed up for this. So we're going to take all the big fans with us and play there and hang out in the sun. And, uh, you know, Brian's done this before. This is a new location. Yep. And, 
you know, it's a working vacation. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. So glancing around your studio, I'm gonna ask you about that next. You have pretty much everything a musician could think of, but prepping for shows in Mazatlan, one thing I miss, think you're missing is uh, could slide back there as a tanning bed. Yes, right? <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm planning on very, being very pale. <laughs> I'm gonna look very British. Um, but um, yeah, you know, I it's it's gonna be all right. You know, I'll bring a hat. Yeah, mm. big cowboy hat. Yeah. Um, when did you put this studio together here? In we are in St. Louis Park, right? Yes, address? we're right here in St. Louis Park. And it's no longer called Dark One Studio, correct? No, it's called Bread Sound, which is uh, almost Bread Sound, which is the uh, the neighborhood I grew up in in Sweden, and. Uh, I thought it was time to change the name of the studio from Dark One because some people got the wrong idea and thought maybe I was, you know, had a relationship with the devil or something like that, which is not true. And I wanted something that was a little bit Just lighter. Up here, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't have to explain it as much. Um, but yeah, we bought the house here in St. Louis Park back in 99 and then we just added on to it and kind of built a studio in it and, you know, it just keeps on growing. And was it because studios around here, you want to do something a little different for yourself or for your clients? Uh, it was really neither. Um, you know, when I was making records back in the late 90s and I was producing for other other bands, you know, you would do some demos and then you'd go to the big studio and you would record the record for real. And, uh, you know, with a... You know, Pro Tools getting popular there in the beginning of the millennium. Where, you know, it seemed everybody had some some of that. You know, it became harder and harder to motivate people to go to a big room and spend all that money. And they became like, why don't we just do the record here instead? Uh, and I was like, okay, we can do that. So it just, you know, I still do some some stuff in the bigger rooms if there's budget for that. But more and more, it seems like you don't. You do the whole shebang right here. Do you do much two-inch tape stuff anymore, or just all Pro Tools? Uh, I think the last two-inch record I did was uh, uh, Teen on the B-Side's latest album, Barricade, which I produced. Really? And, uh, yeah. I was going to ask you about some of the bands you played with, but um, um, what are some other acts that have recorded here? Uh, well, we did some of the Teen on the B-Sides record here after we were done at the Terrarium. Um, you know, we did the Allie Gray, most recently her Christmas album. Um, we did that here, front to back. Um, every day is a different story, and I think uh, we've, we've done some recording with um, with G.B. Layton. We got a couple of new songs that we're working on right here. Um, but more and more, it seems like people are not as much doing a, a whole project as they do a song here and a song there and then they piece it together and it becomes an album over time. Yep. And I guess that's uh, you know, a luxury that Pro Tools and digital recording has afforded us to do that where you can sit there and c- contemplate things and then come back to it and polish it, you know. Yeah. Um, do you have any unique recording stories either record from down here or from other recording places like the Terrarium or wherever that just stand out right off the top of your head that may be kind of amusing to our listeners um, or frightening or whatever. You're frightening. <laughs> well, uh, um, I was doing a, a record in Los Angeles, um, 
20 years ago, actually. It was one of my solo albums towards the end of of the days that I spent in Los Angeles, and it was an album that became uh, Life Inside. And it was recorded on 2-inch, and we did it uh, at a studio that really did nothing but R&B and rap. So a lot of, lot of guns. So you fit right in. I Well, you know, I was actually asked a couple of times to provide some, you know, melodic content for some, you know, I was like, is this good? Uh, okay, you know, whatever you want, because I know you got, I know you got guns, so I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm easy either way, but I did my solo album in that same studio, and, uh, and we had a number of different mishaps, but I got, I got a call at about four o'clock in the morning from the engineer, and he said, you better get down here real quick, and it turned out that a, a sewer main had busted in the studio, and that all my two-inch tapes were now underwater, not just water, but sewage. And uh, this was a problem, you know, because that was yeah. my record. We were almost done with it. <laughs> and uh, eventually, you know, the boxes dried out and, and all that stuff. Let's see what we have here. And uh, we put the tapes up on the machine, and it stunk up the room something fierce. But... Um, but it still played. Did it really? It played. But I swear to you, 20 years later, if I open up that box again, you're still going to get a whiff of what happened in that studio. Wow. Was that your uh, the, your 1995 record? Yeah. The Patrick Tanner one? The one that's called uh, yeah, Life Inside. Okay. Um, so that was, a, that was a studio story. That whole thing just... That record came together just by you know sheer willpower and... Uh, and, um, you know, friends helping me out. You know, it's usually like that. You have to do it on a shoestring, you know. Is that the album that has the song Far Away as a kickoff song? Yep. Um, is that what you named the Far Away Men? Is that why you named the band that? Your solo mm, project? No, I think we had a bunch of different names that we were going to call ourselves. And I, I don't even know if it was me that came up with the name The Far Away Men, you know. I, it could have been Mark, or it could have been Brandon, or me. I don't know. Okay. Um, that's just what it became, and and then I thought, well, you know, hell, that that kind of sounds like me because I'm not from here. <laughs> I'm kind of far away from wherever it was I was, you know, coming from. Uh, so it just became that, and it kind of stuck. You know, a name is a name. And uh, how long have you been playing with the Faraway Men? It'll be twenty years this year, and nice. we're yeah, and we haven't really played a lot of shows lately, but. Um, we will. Thinking about having an anniversary show somewhere? Maybe. That's a really good idea. Yeah. That's a really good idea. Yeah, it'll be 20 years this year. And, uh, you know, uh, great band, you know, great bunch of guys. You play the GB Layton, Allie Gray, Martin, Teen and the B-Sides. Um, how did you get in with all those popular bands? I don't know. I think what happened was I used to live in Los Angeles, like I said, and uh, Tina... And Tina and the B-Sides asked me in 94 to come up here for a couple of weeks to uh, produce the album that became Monster. And uh, as it happened, uh, as we were recording the album, the old guitar player was in the process of leaving the band. And I got asked to join in his place. And I really didn't plan on moving back to Minneapolis from Los Angeles. But that's kind of just what happened. All of a sudden, I was here again, you know. And uh, in doing that, that kind of led to 
to other work, you know, people would call me up, hey, can you help us out with this record or that record? And um, uh, Martin Zeller heard the first Far Awayman album and knew that it was done for very little money. And it's like, oh, we can probably do that. So he hired me on to um, to produce a couple of his albums and I played in his band for a spell. Yep. And so it's kind of one thing leads to another. You know, it's a small town up here and people yeah. just talk and, you know, I didn't put an ad in the paper saying, you know, I'm I'm here, please call me because you can do stuff. Uh, it's just one thing leads to another, as, as it always is. I think yeah. Tina and the B-Sides, coming from small town Turtle Lake, Wisconsin, where I'm from, I think that was the first official uh, concert I ever saw. And really? I'm wondering if you played with her at the time. Uh, it was with the know. Gin Blossoms. Gin Blossoms. I she was know. opening for the Gin Blossoms, and I believe Soul Asylum as well. It was all some outdoor show, and it would have been around 94 or 95. 94, 95, I was in the band at that point, and it's it's possible. I don't remember everything super clearly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because we drank a lot. Imagine that. Um, but, uh, yeah, the B-sides, that was... Uh, that was a trip, you know. That was really, really cool, and uh, and uh, it it was not that long ago, but it was a different time. Yeah, you know, we went out to to New York and played CBGBs and really, Seymour, yeah, and oh, dude, Seymour Stein from Sire Records came out and and saw the band. I mean, the same guy that signed the Talking Heads and the Ramones and Madonna and the rest. And that's how the band got a record deal. And, um, you know, it was a really, it was quite a ride. What know? a great story. Um, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, the podcast, so I'm, I'm going to wrap up with a few more questions, just kind of quicker questions for you here. All right. Um, first of all, what are some of your, we talked about Sweet, George Jones. Who are some of your lifetime influences as far as songwriting and, and guitar playing? David Bowie is probably, you know, right there at the top of the heap, you know, because he he could do anything, you know. And um and that's something that I keep coming back to because he you know, he never stuck in one place too long. He he just went with it and um always admired that, keep coming coming back to his records and then of course, you know, the Beatles and the Stones and the Kinks and um and that I've always been a big fan of a of a good melody. So, and if it's got a little quirk to it, all the better, you know. Listening to a lot of your solo stuff, I hear a lot of uh, Beatles influence there, as far as chord choices. It seems like that. Absolutely. We actually, um, um, when Paul McCartney was came through here last year, was it, or the year before, we we brought Elliot, my my son, who's yeah. seven, along to the show because Paul McCartney is his favorite, and I'm. Looking around, and he is clearly the youngest person there. And I thought, how cool is that? You know, he's going to grow up, and he's going to say, "Yeah, I saw Paul McCartney with my daddy." Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, looking around your beautiful studio here, and all the guitars and all the stories these guitars have told and have yet to tell. Yeah. If you could pick one, if you had to go on a desert island somewhere, what guitar would you pick? Uh well I would pick my uh 1979 Martin HD 28 acoustic guitar it's right over there because that's That's where the one you'd pick? 
That's the one because that's where the songs come from. I just used it today and I wrote another song and uh, and uh, I worked really hard to buy it. I was pouring concrete for an entire summer and I Ooh. bought that guitar. So I've had that guitar since I was 19. Um, so that's the one. In a house fire or on a desert island, you know, I would go definitely rescue that one. Nice. Uh, any other any other of these guitars have any unique stories you might want to share? Um, they all have stories. I have a I have a Les Paul Custom, a '72 Les Paul Custom that was uh, a gift from a client at the end of uh, the project. He was he was so happy that he gave it to me, and I'm going like, "Are you well? Are <laughs> are you dying? Or are, what's going on here?" And he just gave it to me, and I thought. That's huge. So that that Les Paul custom is affectionately known as Stan. Nice. Yeah. I like it. I'm a huge fan of yours on Facebook as well. What's your Facebook address and your web? Oh, it's patrickTanner.com. Do you happen to know your Facebook address? I don't. Just it's Patrick just, Tanner. Look it up. Yeah. Anyway, what I enjoy on Facebook is your reaction to Minnesota weather. Yes. Have you ever considered putting out a Patrick Tanner and the Faraway Men calendar with your um, appreciation symbols for Minnesota weather? I thought about it. You know, I don't know. It would have probably have kind of, you know, limited appeal. But, you know, you open up the page and there's the finger again. And, uh, and uh, you know, I have, I have really showed an, an enormous amount of restraint this winter because I haven't used the finger yet. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think I'll save that for, for, for when it really... I know what's going to happen. You know, we're not going to get away scot-free here. No. I think you're more accurate than most of the weather people because I know I'll check Facebook in the morning. Uh, what's it like? I'll, say, I'll check Patrick's Facebook. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. Better not go outside. Yeah. Okay, so we're wrapping up the podcast here. Um, it's, is it okay to do a part two and talk about your recent record? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I do have a segment on each podcast called the Story Behind the Song segment. So I was hoping to feature one of your Patrick Tanner and the Faraway Men songs. Uh, is there any songs you'd like that has a cool story with it that we could tag at the end of this podcast? For Patrick Tanner and the Faraway Men? Yeah, or whatever you'd things. like. Mm, let's see what do we have they're all kind of you know the first couple of patrick tanner and the faraway men records are uh or we did mention the uh the faraway men song do you want to talk about that song and maybe put that one on the end which song would you like the faraway men song oh faraway song oh far away that yeah. one yeah no that's more of a like a psychedelic thing you know um and uh traveling in your mind you know, I don't know what I was thinking about when I was writing that, but I think that it's really far away. It's really, um, you know, dreaming, I think, is something that you lose as you go. You get a little bit older and people never say it's like it's important to dream. and You should really keep that going, but you get busy. And, uh, you know, it's like I say in the song, take take a look at that hole in the wall. You know, that's where all of the ghosts get in. I, that could mean anything, but why not go there and and check it out? You know, that's kind of, you know, there's no great merit in growing up. Nobody's ever going to give you, give you thank you very much for growing up, sir, and and congratulations on that. You know, I think you should strive to um, retain some sense of wonder in your life. 
you know, do yourself a favor and, and do that. You know, that's kind of what the song is all about. Great. How can people get a hold of that song? I know it's on iTunes. It's on iTunes. You can buy the physical CD through uh, CD Baby or Amazon.com. Uh, it's available. Sounds good. Yeah. Mr. Patrick Tanner, thank you for being on the Mark Stereo Music Podcast. Please stick around for part two. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time. Sit yourself down and just stay a while I will tell you stories you just won't believe Come into my little world Then tell me you love me still